Hi there, and welcome to the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. Uh, so, today is Sunday, September 22nd, 2019. We've got eight games left in the regular season, seven days. And uh, as of today, the Nationals' magic number to clinch a wild card spot is four. Uh, yeah. The Nationals went three and three this week, uh, which has put them into a virtual tie with the Milwaukee Brewers for that first uh, wild card spot and the chance well, to host a, that game. Not a virtual tie. They no, stole the advantage over us because they have the head-to-head. No. Well, yes, they have the head-to-head, but the Nationals have two games in hand, so technically they still do control their own destiny. Yeah. If the Nationals won out and the Brewers won out, the Nationals would still have host that home playoff game. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a virtual tie because the Nationals do actually, by percentage points, still have a better record. Uh, sure, sure. But uh, they managed to get some separation in the wild card race, or at least in the clinching a playoff spot, because the Cubs uh, had a nightmare week. I mean, it yes, was they did truly stuff of horrors. I mean, they yeah. lost six Worst in a scenario. Row. Yeah, they lost five six in a, row, in a row, five in a five row by in a row, one all run. run run games. That's yep. unbelievable. That's uh, just you know, and they all came down to the ninth inning. You know, every game against the Cardinals, um, it was a great series. I mean, back and forth the entire time, uh, big hits by Cardinals players in late innings. I mean, the Cubs had a good rally in uh, on Thursday night's game, but yeah. you know now they sit four games behind both the Brewers and the uh, Brewers and the Nats. Um, I mean, they're gonna. Joe Madden is not coming back. This week cost him his job. Uh, I mean, he probably wasn't coming back even if they won, made a wild card spot and, and lost in the wild card game. Yeah, but I mean, there's a question as to how many... Uh, how far he'd have to go in order right. to save his job. But, you know, it's going to be interesting going forward for the Cubs, what they do this offseason. Uh, I mean, there are rumors of Chris Bryant possibly being traded. They're in a, they're in, I, they're in a similar spot to the Red Sox where... You know, they can either double down and, you know, add more starting pitching, add more relief pitching, which there isn't really much relief pitching out there. So either they have to blow it up or they can double down. And right. it's, you know, whether or not they're going to keep, I mean, there are rumors of Jed Hoyer possibly going to the Red Sox um, from the Cubs as their new GM. And it's going to be interesting whether or not they keep Theo around. I. I don't know if they keep Theo, even though he's the guy who kept got them their only World Series and built this core. You know, they might want a fresh, a new direction to go in. Um, I mean, it kind of seems like I don't know how much Theo. I mean, has done. He signed Kimbrel this off season. He didn't really do anything in the off season. Uh, he signed Kimbrel in season. Uh, didn't really, you know. They got Cassianos, who was a good trade ad at the deadline, who's been really good for them. But besides that, I mean, they they haven't really made any big moves in over a year. And so I don't well, know how they, much they of that is. They did absolutely nothing this offseason. I mean, the biggest sign yeah. was, was Daniel Descalso. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, that was the Ricketts family basically said, we are tapped out. We're not adding any more payroll. The only reason they managed to add Kimbrell was because uh, Ben Zobrist forfeited something like $8 million in salary. Uh, to get divorced. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, 
I don't know how much you can blame that on on Epstein. The team had holes coming into this season, mm-hmm. uh, and he wasn't really allowed to fill them. I mean, and they wouldn't. I mean, listen, the the prospect pipeline has dried up a little bit. Although Nico Horner yeah. has looked pretty solid so far. In his yeah, and, and he'll fill a hole, their second base hole. Right. I they'll probably get rid of Russell in the off season. Um, why they tendered him a contract when he wasn't even going to start and, and had all the controversy around him and they were know. you know tapped out for money uh, that that never made sense to me no um, I mean they're going to lose the Zobor's contract after this year he's a free agent right um, and I'll be, I bet you he'll probably retire I don't know who else signs him um, so they'll have a little bit more cap sp- I mean a cap space there's no such thing as cap space in baseball. Well, I mean, if, in, if you listen to owners, yes, there is. True. Uh, they'll have a little bit more money to be freed up, but, you know, they could go in two directions right now, and it's a very f- fine line about where they're going to go. Um, it makes you know, no have, sense to me to rebuild with a roster they have a like good, that. They have a good core. They have probably, you know, between Contreras, Contreras Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, and now Hoyer, or Hoyner, uh, they probably Horner. There, I combined Jed Hoyer but, and Nico Horner. Yeah, yeah. Between those, that infield, that's probably the best infield in the NL, give or take the Braves. And they're they're uh, all under contract through at least twenty twenty one. Yeah, so that, that's a solid core to build your a team around. Now the question comes around to. Um, you know, the rotation, that's their biggest question mark next year. Now, the rotation took a step back this year. Uh, I mean, Lester started to show his age. Um, since he's coming back from injury, Hamels wasn't the same. Uh, Quintana hasn't been the guy that they wanted when they traded uh, Eloy for him. But they got strides from Darvish, who looked a lot like the pitcher they signed in the second half. And, you know, that's going to be their biggest question mark going next year. Will Hamels and Lester continue to diminish, and you know will age keep catching up to them, or will they be able to level out and figure out how to pitch, you know, in the well, twilight so of the Hamels, careers? Well, so Hamels is a free agent after this year. He is. Uh, yes. So that's okay. another another big chunk of money that comes off the books. He was making twenty million this year. Uh, okay. And they were picking up all of that. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, between Hamels coming off the books and Zobris coming off the books, uh, they're going to have thirty-five million dollars to spend, and they'll, you know, yeah. they could bid on Cole if they wanted yeah, they to double down on pitching. They uh, they have options. There are things that they mm-hmm. can do. I mean, they're uh, not one of the teams that are going to go after Rendon because they don't need no. infield. That is the um, one. I mean, that is the one thing. The problem is. There are no really great outfielders. Although, frankly, they could bring Castellanos back. Yeah, uh, they could bring Castellanos back, and I definitely could see that happening. Seems to like it there. He just wanted to go to a winning environment. I don't think he, he just wanted to win. He also absolutely hated the ballpark because he has yeah. a lot of power to right center field, and mm-hmm. right center field in Detroit is almost 430 feet away. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think that the the second half that he's had is – uh, you know, a fluke. I think no. this this might just, just be what he looks like playing in a, a ballpark that's more conducive to him. Yeah. Uh, 
but you know they're at a interesting point at their build of a team because the team was supposed to be contend every year you know for a while and they have they've contended every year for you know for five seasons um but they had one world series out of that which you know is a big big get for them you know as a, as from a cubs fit perspective winning a world from series from any is a team's get. perspective yeah but they haven't been back to the I mean NLCS. I would I would trade one world series win for every single uh playoff appearance the Nats have had would you of course I would would I you mean, trade if they had made the if they had won the world series in 2012 and they've been terrible since would you have taken that deal I don't know. That's actually a really good question. I mean, I love the regular season. I love I, the constancy, the, the ability with the Nats for the last eight years to get to watch mostly good competitive baseball for eight years. It's been a lot of fun. But would I yeah. trade that for one World Series? I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know how much joy I would feel if my team won the World Series. I have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> That's true. Go Caps. Um I think I don't know. I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take that deal. I love being able to have baseball consistently something good to watch for the last seven years. It's been, you know, while they haven't had playoff success, and that's you know, I don't think that's going to change this year. Um, I'm not feeling too confident about this team. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I the fact that you know this team has been constant source of entertainment. I think that's incredibly valuable. I was having an argument with a Yankees fan this weekend, and he was like, "Oh, 100 wins doesn't mean anything as long as if you lose in the playoffs." And I think that's ridiculous. I think 100 wins is, you know, you know, back-to-back years for the Yankees of 100 wins is incredible, and I think that shouldn't be taken lightly. Now, I mean, do I think that's a maybe little last bit last year when they won 100 but lost in the division to the Red Sox, uh, yeah. who then went on to win the World Series. I could see being disappointed with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, this year, I don't know, given how, the, how many injuries the team has had, uh, I don't know how you can possibly be disappointed with their performance. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who wins AL Manager of the Year, if it's him, if it's Boone or, uh, or uh, Rocco. I think it's, you got to give it to Boone, kind of weathering the storm with all these injuries. Uh, but we'll see. But yeah, I think, you know, regular season is so much longer than the postseason. And yeah, postseason success is great, and I'd love it if the Nats won the World Series, but I wouldn't trade one World Series for seven years of mediocrity. I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be way more frustrating if this team were, you know, a round of 500 team year in and year out for the last seven years with one World Series than even with all the postseason failure. Look at the Royals. Because the Royals are losing 100 games a year now. Do you think the the Royals fan base is okay with that trade-off? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're okay with it because they had two years of greatness. But that team was built for those two years. That team was a two-year window. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, I mean... I mean, your point, I guess, is that the Cubs were not built like that. Yeah. The Cubs were built for prolonged, sustained success. Prolonged, and that's what they, every that's year. That's what they World were Series promised game. because, yeah. you know, 
that was the bargain when you went through three years in the wilderness that you were going to get, I don't know, a 10-year success cycle, and now it's only been five years, and they've gotten mm -hmm. one World Series win, uh, two NLCS appearances, uh, wild card game loss, and now more than likely missing the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a steady decline, and I don't know if it's a, it's a very real decline, too. It's World Series, NLCS, wild card game, missing the playoffs. And I don't know what you can do to kind of make that trajectory go up for the long term. I mean, I mean you could sign maybe Garrett not. Cole. You could sign Garrett Cole. You could add That's kind an of, outfielder. I mean, I mean, they added an outfielder. It'd probably their outfielder they'd add is Castellanos. I think he's the best outfielder in the market. Yeah. You know, so if they, if they wants to play outfield again, which I don't think I would. I don't think anyone wants JD Martinez to play outfield again. Not no. that Castellanos is some great shakes defensively, but no. Uh, I just this team, if you brought it back as constituted and didn't sign anyone, this is still an above five. It's still a good team. team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's still a good team. But do you want an 85-win team with that kind of payroll? I don't know. As opposed it's to what? To I mean, do you as a, a fan or do you as an owner? I mean, I, You can as look a at fan, it from the short-term perspective and you can look at it from the long-term perspective. Now, I, I, don't don't, like, I disagree with that, that framing. There's no guarantee that if they rebuild that they're, you know, in the next 10 years going to get back to where they are now. It just it doesn't work that way. Rebuilding is such a fraught process. There's so many teams who do it and fail at it. It's really no, hard problem, to do. I mean, the problem is is that every team is rebuilding, and then every other team signing players to extensions, and so everything is getting so concrete. There's no uh, way to quickly rebuild now that there are yeah. no big free agents anymore. There's no way, you know, if you slowly rebuild, if you do it through the draft, that's a crapshoot. Sometimes it yep. works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you look at... The Cubs. The Cubs had, you know, the same GM, the same uh, assistant GM when they rebuilt and when they had the steady pipeline of just player after player after player coming through. And now, you know, they've won, so they've had lower draft picks, but the pipeline is sort of shut down. It's mm -hmm. a crapshoot. It just, I think that people who think that Rebuilding is a short-term versus long-term proposition or being sold a bill of goods. I think that rebuilding should be a last resort because it is very hard to do right. And especially right now, it's getting even harder uh, with, with avenues that you could use for rebuilding closing. Uh, I just... I don't think that with the, the team the Cubs have, that it makes any sense. With, I mean, with coming back with an 83 or 84 win base team, it just, there's no sense not adding on to it. Especially yeah. the, the Cubs have this, I mean, this who, big... They, they're going to need to get five more wins from somewhere. At least. Yeah. I mean, Garrett Cole is five wins right there. That's true. And, you know, maybe next time... Uh, uh, Chris Bryant doesn't miss time with the shoulder injury. Maybe next time they don't lose five consecutive one-run games in September. I mean, they were they were a playoff team from mid-April until Thursday. 
uh, they weren't out of a playoff spot at any point. This is still a very talented team. You bring in a new manager, you get this huge new TV deal, you go over the luxury tax, uh, and, I mean, it. it's not like there's any juggernauts in the, in the NL Central. There's some good teams. They're flawed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's not like the Cardinals have some huge well of prospects coming up. They've got a lot no, of. They'll get another year of development from Hudson. They'll get another year of development from. Um, I mean, yeah, they've got name? they've got a starting pitching staff that's going to stick around for a while in Flaherty. Hudson. I mean, Martinez might be able to move back into the rotation, and that's a fantastic one-two-three punch. Sure, no, it's, but it's not unbeatable. It's not like uh-huh. you look at the NL Central the way you would look at the AL West. Yeah. Uh, where, or frankly, the NL East at this point. Uh, that's another sadder conversation. Uh, yeah. The Braves seem to have a never-ending pipeline of, of good players coming through their system. Uh, mm-hmm. And as you talked about last week, uh, the Braves might, you know, you could make an argument that the Braves are the team to beat in the NL this year. Yep. Uh, I think they are. But oh, they had a, a, a mediocre week, but I don't think it doesn't. It doesn't matter. They they've kind of taken sealed the, the NL East. They don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but I just it makes no sense for me to look at this Cubs team, a team that was leading the division basically continuously until late August, had a rough month. It just makes no sense to me to rebuild this team. It makes sense to me to fire Joe Madden, who is clearly worn out as welcome there but i just yes he has i can't condone rebuilding in any circumstance except the ones where it's absolutely necessary like the orioles or the tigers yeah. and even then i mean obviously the orioles aren't far enough along in their rebuilding cycle to judge anything but the tigers have been rebuilding now for four years and they're still losing 100 games a year i mean and they yeah I mean, Casey Mize is looking very good. Uh, uh-huh. Matt Manning might be someone, but that's two pitchers. And beyond that, they got nothing. Yeah. So. No, they got, they walked, they, there, I mean, the Royals too, they're now, what are they, three years into their rebuild? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Royals' problem is that they, let a lot of, they had a lot of guys go in free agencies that couldn't replenish their, their prospect pool as through that way, through trades. Um, yeah, I mean, they lost Kane and Moustakis. Kane, Moustakis, and Hosmer. Yeah. Uh, those those are big three guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, the White Sox are also in year whatever of their rebuild. <laughs> and things are starting to come together for them. Moncada finally put it together this year. Yeah. Lucas Giolito you know, was phenomenal. Giolito put it together. You know, they could be, you know, they just need to sign someone. That White Sox team. They needed they bring in some outside Machado. help. Frankly, they air quote tried with Machado. Frankly, a guy who would make sense for them would be Anthony Rendon. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there aren't that many impact players on the market. Cole nope. or Rendon, or both, frankly, would make sense for them. It's not oh like. Oh, my God. That, that rotation with Cole and with um, Kopik coming back. Cole, Kopik, and Giolito would be fun. That would be a, a nasty rotation. Listen, they're they're still in Chicago. It's a big market. I know they're second banana, but they can afford that. Uh, yeah. And it's well, not we, like the AL Central is unbeatable next year. No. Uh, it just, I mean, if you got, 
38 games against the Tigers and Royals. I mean, you can do a lot of damage towards, at the very least, winning a wild card. Uh, yeah. So, just, um, it's going to be, you know, the Cubs and White Sox could be going in different directions. Uh, it'd be funny to see the White Sox now as the team of Chicago. We'll see with that. Yeah, that, that uh, will never happen. That will never happen. <laughs> no, not even in 2005. No one even nope. remembered that the White Sox were up. I remember watching TV in 05. I was watching SportsCenter. Uh, and this was like August of 05 when the White Sox were running away with the AL Central, or the AL Central and the Cubs were falling behind. Uh, and they did this whole piece about could, the, uh, could Chicago finally be going for the White Sox? Uh, and yeah, basically the answer was no, no, just, uh, it, it won't happen. Yeah. But so looking ahead for the Nats now, uh, this is going to the last week of the season. We got eight games left, five against the Phillies, three against the Indians. And as we said at the top of the podcast, we have a four game, a four, our wild card, sorry, our magic number is four. Um, so any combination of four wins, four, or four Cubs losses, and we secure a playoff spot. Right. And that's but only after, need to get to 89 wins. But, yeah. But after these last couple of weeks, you know, you can't feel too good about this team going into the playoffs. Um, you know, this weekend, we the bullpen was atrocious. Worse it's been in a while, especially against a team like the Marlins, where we keep giving up four runs to each. In each game, we gave up, our bullpen gave up four runs. Oh, no, that's not true. Monday, no, Friday not. night, Sanchez was not great. Friday night, they gave up, technically gave up zero runs, although they did yeah. give up two inherited runs. Yeah, but then today and yesterday, the bullpen was just so bad. Um, and you have to look at it, and looking at a wild card game, there's only two guys you'd really want to trust from that bullpen in a wild card game. And that's Or in any look, playoff game. In, yeah, in any playoff. Well, you're going to have to use more people than just two guys for the whole playoffs. But I mean, unfortunately, probably. But like I said, I said this on Twitter last night. You know, the Nats are probably going to roster seven or eight relievers. I think they should absolutely roster seven. But if I were running the team, they would roster five and basically just have whoever's throw day it was also be available in the bullpen. Because it would be a terrible idea. At this point, it's it's Hudson and it's Doolittle, and. Mm. That's it. If anyone else pitches in the wild card, or if anyone else pitches in a playoff game, you're not going to feel good about it. No. Uh, I mean, there was talk today about Rainey moving up on the pecking order. Oh, God. Rainey terrifies me. Tanner Rainey. Rainey terri- any of these guys terrify me. But they, ter- they terrify me in different ways. Mm-hmm. I, at the very least, when Suero or Rodney don't have it, generally they throw strikes. Tanner Rainey has a walk rate of 7.35 per nine this year. To put that in perspective, Henry Rodriguez's career walk rate was 6.6 per nine. Yikes. Yeah. He's not, I mean, he's got amazing stuff, but he's not a guy that you can ever put in to a spot where you need an out because. Nope. until you know that he can come in and throw strikes, you, you can't 
trust him in any kind of leverage situation. So what's the point of, frankly, even putting him on the roster? I mean, I'm sure he's he's probably going to put him on the roster. He's probably the fourth or fifth best pitcher the Nats have. I mean, going through it, it's, it's Hudson, Doolittle, yeah, wide Whatever wide gap. Yeah, Hudson uh, and Doolittle. Then who? Swero, Rodney. Swero, Swero, Rodney, Strickland, Rainey, Guerra. Although Guerra, you know, I don't mind Guerra. No, Guerra is useful as a, a mop up guy, a guy who can come in, eat up innings, which is more useful really in the regular season than the playoffs. Yeah, I don't really need that much in the playoffs. No, uh, but it'll be useful, you know, in, in case of a mop-up loss in like a, a playoff game, or yeah. uh, uh, obviously an NLDS game, because even if the Nats are getting blown out in uh, a wild card game, they're going guns a blazing. Uh, yeah. But it's just, I mean, at this point, with the way that the Nationals bullpen has pitched, and and. Recently, it's been entirely on the lesser relievers, uh, mm. which is everyone not named Daniel Hudson or Sean Doolittle. Uh, it's, I mean, listen, it's not entirely on them. Uh, Davey Martinez, especially this series, made some sort of questionable decisions. Uh I mean, throwing Swero back to back to back games again. Randy was supposed to be down today. Threw ended up throwing. Those were both, you know, right. Those are the you know not the right moves necessarily. And then I mean, leaving Rodney with, in for as long yeah. as he did, yeah. I mean, it's you know having Strickland start the next inning was fine, especially after throwing eight pitches because you really wanted to get another couple outs from him. Right. You know, but then I don't know, throw. Someone else, not swear. Not the guys who've thrown back to back. I mean, I, you have I don't so know. many pitchers in your bullpen, but they're all bad. They are. That's all why we should have called up Greg Holland. I still don't understand why we didn't give Greg Holland a chance. Because he could have been I, terrible. I the Nats probably been... have scouts. They okay, sure. But he couldn't be any worse than what we have already. The Nats he saw really... Holland. The Nats saw Boxberger, and they decided that neither of those guys is worth a call-up. If they made that decision, given what the bullpen was, I, I gotta say, I gotta believe that they did not look good. I don't know. I mean, Barrett's not throwing another inning. No. Barrett had a chance that, well, he didn't have a chance to make the playoff roster, but and this, no, was a to- a this was a token call-up, but he had a chance to at least, I don't know, pitch a little more. Than he had. Ugh, I don't know. It's at Man. the Nats are going to have to have starting pitchers pitch a significant number of relief innings yeah. if they're going to make any sort of run in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, here comes. We talked about this last week, but could they go to a three-man rotation in the playoffs? It, I don't know if that solves the problem. You put Corbin in the rota- in the bullpen. I don't know if or you need you put... Corbin in the bullpen per- cur- or per- uh, permanently. I think a better approach is have the four-man rotation and utilize the off days, the extra days, and make it so that your seventh inning guy is, is whoever's 
got a throw day that day. I think that's the only way that they can do it. I mean, I think with the if we do make it out of the first the wild card game, for the NLDS, you could probably make it without. I mean, the Nats have done this in the past. Well, they were gifted a while a uh, rain delay. I'm just thinking about 2017 when they only used three starters. Uh, they were gifted with a rain delay, which allowed them to give Strasburg the start on full rest. That's right. Um, but I don't know. I wouldn't. The Nats have been reticent in the past to start Scherzer on less than full rest in the playoffs. I think I mean, that would apply do. even more so now. I mean, what you could do. I don't know. I don't know what you could do. No, the there aren't any good for... options. No. Ugh. It's. It it's is a. Bullpen. It's a terrible bullpen. I mean, it's, at oh best God, you could say it's too. It's at best you could say it's too deep. I mean, I don't even know if I. Try. I mean, I, Hudson has looked very good when he's been on full rest. Yeah. Uh, it, it was only when he started to throw essentially every day uh, that he started to look shaky. And Doolittle, despite sort of uh, a decline in his stuff, has gotten out since he's come back. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, his, his fastball is not getting the number of swings and misses that it usually does. Uh, he's essentially had to become a real three-pitch pitcher instead of just a fastball guy. His, his off-speed stuff looks good. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's, it's decent enough. But, yeah. I mean, he's not getting swings and misses with his fastball. But no. he's still the second-best option you have. And he's yeah. your best option against lefties, which is why I think that Hudson stepping up and, and becoming that closer is so important for the Nats, mm -hmm. uh, leaving Doolittle available to sort of float and come in in high leverage situations and face lefties. Uh, but I think if the Nats can get six innings a game out of their starting pitchers, they can probably make it work. And if they can get I mean, five good innings. Inning. You still have to have someone pitch a seventh inning for you. Well, I mean, how often do you feel comfortable asking Doolittle and Hudson to I mean, you can't make them go back to back after pitching two innings. Is the thing. Well, you could have one of them pitch two innings, and the other pitch one, and then flop them. I don't know. That's I wouldn't a feel, lot I of would not feel confident. I no. don't feel confident in that at it's all. It's a lot of miles that, especially with Doolittle. Oh. Uh -huh. I just, I mean, the only way that they can do this is if their starters either go eight every time, or they have a bridge. That that, you know, Corbin is the starter. Pulpit. I don't I don't know if that's the smart thing. I think it's just going to have to be, I mean, like 2012, like Jordan Zimmerman in the seventh in Game Four, or the uh, more ignominious Ed Edwin Jackson in Game Five. I don't remember uh, that. Yeah, well, I, I'm pretty sure that game ended after the third inning. Uh huh. We won that game. Yeah. I mean, Bill Ladson. Bill Ladson said we won it. And why would he lie? Yeah, that's why I stopped watching. Why doesn't True Storen come back? I mean, he, he would at worst be what, like the sixth worst bullpen guy that they have? I think his like, arm is falling off his body. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I just, man, the only, like, I, I mean, I can't help but repeat myself here, but like, 
this team has a fatal flaw that's that's worse than I mean this bullpen isn't just bad it's historically bad uh, oh yeah and the it's replacements the, I mean, is it the worst playoff bullpen ever this is a top 20 I the bullpen's ERA is is well over five and a half uh, they're this, I think they're worse than the Orioles now mm-hmm. uh, it's got to be the worst bullpen to, to make playoffs. for a playoff team of all time. I think it is. It's just... Ugh. Ugh. I know. It's it's frustrating. And it's it's the thing that you think more than anything is going to hold this team back from making a deep playoff run. I mean, I oh, think yeah. they've got... I mean, also, I'm concerned about Rendon and Soto right now. Uh, Soto a little bit more than Rendon. Uh, Soto just looks so tired and... He's just pulling off on everything. He's flying open, rolling over the ball. You know, I don't remember the last opposite field hit he had, um, but it's it's concerning with Soto. Um, he's still walking, striking out more, but I'm concerned about that because those are the two guys you need to make up for the bullpen. You need to put on as many runs as you can. Right, so the you bullpen score can't blow bullpen. it. Exactly, and I mean Cabrera's been great. His ankle is probably probably fine. Uh, pinch it today. Uh, Kendrick has been so good. Oh my God, has he been good? Yeah, he needs to. Oh there's no question about it. He will start the wild card game. Oh yeah, no question, no question. Uh, I mean, Turner has been. Fine. I mean, it's it's really Rendon and Soto. If those guys can't turn on, then we're we're done. Right. Even yeah. So, man. But the Nationals, Next by week, the way, they have a 589 ERA in their relievers, which is oh tied with the Orioles for the worst in baseball. Oh, Jesus. It's not good. It is not. It's so bad. I, I don't know how it got this bad. but Man. Yeah, it's, it's Man. a frustrating team. It's, it's a frustrating team. It's a, it, when they're hot, they're so fun. But when they're not, they are infuriating it's and i mean you can say that more about them than about other teams because of the way that they lose yep uh, yep they lose in the most heartbreaking way possible they'll lead for seven innings and then blow it yep and then sometimes they'll fight back yeah uh, stay in the fight john stay in the fight stay in the fight all right well next episode will come after the season's over yep the regular uh, season that is so uh, we'll, we'll the plan right now is to do an episode sunday night uh and then I think uh, we're either going to do an episode before the wild card game uh, or uh, obviously we'll do one after. Uh, I don't want to say win or lose. I think if the Nationals win, we will do a, a NLDS preview. If they lose, we'll do 